Once again, it is good to be with you today. I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to John chapter 17. We're going to look at a portion of scripture uh, where Jesus prays a prayer and talks to his father about our mission in the world. And so we'll get to that in just a second. We started a series at the beginning of this year called God Is, and we've been asking the question, who is God? How does, what, are, what is his nature? What is his character? How does he work in the world? How is he moving in the world? How does he engage with his creation? And how does he engage with us? And what does that look like? And the, really the goal of this series has been to really shed any assumptions that we have and preconceived no, uh, notions and ideas that we've maybe picked up along the way that might not line up with scripture. And the best place to discover the truth of who God is, is in his word. And so I can't believe it. We're in October. We're 10 months into this journey. I do want to let you know that our, uh, our next round of journals, they're uh, a couple of weeks delayed here, a few weeks delayed, but they are ready to go. If you would like to get a hard copy journal, uh, there's going to be a link right in the chat section today that you can click on and just let us know if you'd like us to send you a hard copy uh, of the journal, no cost. We'll, we'll just print that up and send that out to you. Uh, you can also go, go to thriveglendor.org and fill out a form there. And then what's also available today for you is a digital version of the Thrive uh, Lectio Divina journal. And uh, you, can, you can download that at thriveglendora.org uh, and then follow along in the reading plan. And I'm going to be spending some time today kind of framing our last, uh, last couple of months, last three months here in 2020 as we engage in this reading about being sent, about going into all the world. Our, our four missional statements as, as a church are know, grow, serve, go. That we would know God that we would uh, know each other as well, and that we would know ourselves, and that we would grow as disciples, that we would learn to serve like Jesus, and that we would go into all the world to share the gospel with all of creation. Those are the, the missional statements that we adhere to as a church. That's what we believe God has called us to do, and that includes every one of us. That includes you, that we would know, grow, serve, and go. And so our focus these next couple of months will be on that last component, on what it means to go, to be a people who go. In fact, my first point of the message last week was this, that we're running God's race. Out of Hebrews 12, uh, the writer there says that we're to run the race that God has marked out for us. And, and my first point last week is this, it, my first point last week was that this is God's race. We are running a race. We are invited to participate in this race, but it is God's race. It is his mission. It is his purpose. And so we're called to join him. And, and what I'd like to do is unpack that a little more fully for us today as we look at John 17 and then also a passage out of John chapter uh, 20. As you read, though, and my encouragement to you as you read over these next few weeks and months, as you work your way through the passages in the journal, is to ask yourself some questions. Those questions would be these. Where and how is God working in this passage? What do you see of, of the work of God uh, in the passages that you are reading? Then ask this question. What does this passage tell me uh, about God's heart? What is revealed about the heart of God in that particular passage? Then ask this question, who is being invited to join him? 
in this passage that you're reading, whatever day that would be, whether Old Testament, New Testament, who is being asked to invite and, and invited to join God in his work? And then ask this question, how are they responding? What is it that they're doing to respond uh, to, to the work of God and, and to that invitation? In John chapter 20, verse 21, we read this. Jesus uh, here is talking to the disciples, and this is what it says. It says that, again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. This short verse, of course, is a part of a larger chapter, but in this short verse, in this moment, Jesus makes a statement that is so key for us to grasp. Now, Jesus is speaking to the disciples and about the disciples, but he's also, by extension, speaking to us, that we are his disciples as well, that he is sending us, that Jesus says that the Father had sent him, that Jesus was a part of the mission of God to bring salvation into the world. And then he says to the disciples, in the same way that the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. This is a, a missional, missional impetus for us as a church. This is about the church, about you and about me being sent by God, being sent and dispatched by Jesus to go and do the work that he's called us to do. What did going look like for Jesus? What did being sent look like in his life? It meant that he stepped out of heaven. He stepped out of eternity and into this temporal space, into the world that Jesus became flesh. He became incarnate. He, he made his dwelling amongst men. And here in a couple of months, hard to believe it, but in a couple of months, we'll be celebrating Christmas. It, it, that moment of the year, that time of the year where we celebrate Jesus being born into this world. And, and what a big deal that was. That it cost Jesus, it cost him stepping out of heaven, stepping away from that, that, that close relationship with the Father. It cost him his life as he would ultimately go to the cross. Jesus was sent by the Father, that he was on mission by the Father, a part of the mission of God. Let's take a look at John 17. We're going to read one, verses 1 through 4. I'll talk a little bit about those passages, and then we'll come back to verses 13 through 18. So it says this in verse 1. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he may give eternal life to, uh, to all those who, uh, those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought glory, glory on earth. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Jesus here is praying. This is right before he would go to the garden of Gethsemane and the events that would unfold before he is led to the cross. And this is really his final prayer. It's his closing prayer, if you will, at the end of his earthly ministry. And, and he's here, here he's praying, and he's, he's talking to the Father about the work that he's, he was called to do. 
Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son so that your son may glorify you. Jesus was sent by the Father, and it's important for us to know here that God is a missionary God. He is a missionary God, that God sent his son, that, that Jesus went to a place that was foreign, that he went to a place that was not his own, and he engaged with people in, in such a way as to bring about life, to bring about salvation, that Jesus came into the world. And again, I, I referenced this already. We call that the incarnation, that Jesus, God, became flesh. The incarnation is the ultimate expression of mission. The incarnation is the ultimate expression of mission. To be with, to be incarnate, to, to, to be amongst, to be with those people. And that's the same for us, that God calls us to mission and then he calls us to be incarnate, to be with the people that we are called to reach. It's so key for us to grasp that, to know the heart of God, to discover who God is so that we can reflect his glory. In fact, Jesus says that here, glorify your son that your son may glorify you, that Jesus, was his goal was not to bring glory to himself, but it was to glorify the Father, to point back to the Father. He said that his goal was to bring eternal life to everyone, that they would know him. This is eternal life, that they would know God, that they would know him, the only true God. This is so key, the only true God, because there are a lot of, of false gods, God, things that would set themselves up in the place of God. When we go back to the Old Testament, and we read about the Ten Commandments in, in, in Deuteronomy, God says that you will not have no other gods before me because he is the only true God. And, and, and Jesus here is saying, I want to bring glory to you and I want to bring salvation to everyone that you would call me to. And this is eternal life. This is what it means to be saved, that they would have a relationship with you. By the way, when we talk about knowing God is one of our missional statements, this is where that comes from, that we would know God. And then Jesus says that we would know him as well, the one whom he has sent. And all of this, the goal of Jesus is to bring glory to the Father. It is to bring glory for the, to the Father. That was what he says here. I have brought glory to you. How? By finishing the work you gave me to do. If that's the way that Jesus brings, brought glory to the Father, how much more for us do we bring glory to God when we do the work that he's called us to do? Now let's get, just, let's get real for a second. I think we get tempted sometimes, I get tempted so often to get glory for myself. I want people to look at me and maybe you're the same way and think, man, that guy's awesome, that woman is awesome. Looking how gifted they are and how talented they are and man, they speak so well and they teach so well or they sing so well or they lead so well and, and we can get caught up in trying to bring glory to ourselves. Jesus reminds us here that the goal of doing the work that God's called us to do in being in mission with him and on mission with him is to bring glory to the Father. 
Here's the amazing thing as well, is what we see here and what we read about in Hebrews 12 last week with the, in Hebrews 11, the, the, the hall of fame of faith, is all those who've gone before is a reminder that God is already moving. And we need to be asking, where, God, where are you at work? What are you doing? God knows what work needs to be done in the world. He knows what the people in your life, the people in your neighborhood, the people in your community, the people in this nation, he, he knows what the solution is to their problems. He knows what the answers are to their questions. He's already at work and he has a plan for what needs to be accomplished. What he's asking for us to do is, is asking us to join him in that work. What was amazing in the life of Jesus is that he, it, it didn't always look the way people expected. And it would be true for us as well that the work of ministry, the work of being on mission for God doesn't always look the way we expect it to look. In fact, I would go so far as to say is in the life of Jesus, it rarely looked the way people expected it to look. There were a lot of people who were disappointed in Jesus in the way that he led and the decisions that he made because they expected him to meet their expectations. But Jesus always came back to this. God, what are you asking me to do? How are you moving in the world? How are you asking me to partner with the work that you're doing? See, Jesus was the king of the universe, but he didn't have a home. Did you notice that his ministry wasn't centered in Jerusalem at the temple, it was, it was around the Sea of Galilee and the, the humble fishing community of Capernaum. And of course, he traveled all over, but the bulk of Jesus' ministry was in that region, a, a humble, uh, really inconsequential part of the, the, the nation and of the world at that time. And that he loved. He loved and was with the people that he engaged with people to the point that the religious folks had a problem with it, that they had an issue with it. God was at work in the world. Jesus is born into this world. He becomes incarnate, the ultimate expression of the mission of God. And he starts moving in such a way that God is glorified as he engages with people. We're called to do the same, to join God in where he's already working. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in just a second. Let's go back to scripture. John 17, verse 13. So we're going to jump down a few verses. This is what it says, starting in verse 13. Again, this is Jesus praying. I am coming to you now, Jesus speaking to the Father. But I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they, the disciples, may have a full measure of my joy in, within them. Doesn't that sound good? I want to have the full measure of his joy, of Jesus's joy within me. But here's the thing. Here's why we need the joy. I have given them to your world, who's, uh, to your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. But my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even, I, as I, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Here's, here's Jesus' prayer now for the disciples 
And again, by extension for us as well. And Jesus was sent by the Father, as, as we established in verses 1 through 4. But now he says this, Father, you sent me into the world, but I am now sending them into the world. That we serve a missionary God who is at work in the world and he is inviting us to join him as he sends us on mission to do the things that he's called us to do. Let me back up a little bit. He says that we would have the full measure. This is Jesus' prayer for his disciples and for us. That we would have the full measure of his joy within them. And that sounds good. I want to have the joy of the Lord. But the Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I know this, I need strength in times where I'm being opposed, where things are coming against me. The full measure of joy is what we're going to need. It's what the disciples needed, and it's what we need today, because the work that we're called to is hard. Let me say that again. The work that we're called to in the mission of God is difficult. It is not easy. And we will face opposition in the same way that the disciples faced opposition, that almost all of them ended up giving their lives for the sake of the gospel, that they gave their very last breath for the sake of the gospel, that the world would come against them, that the world has hated them. And here's the thing is when we bring glory to God, there are are forces at work in the world that would want to tear that down, that do not want to see God glorified, but we glorify him anyway. And Jesus says, I want them to be filled with a joy so they can do this work. Jesus says, then, then asks that the Father would protect us, that the enemy would not stop us or, or the disciples from doing the work that he had called us to do. Isn't that a great, a great promise from the word of God? that God would protect us from the evil one as we do the things that he has called us to do, that God offers his protection. It's an amazing prayer that Jesus prays. And then he says this, sanctify them, sanctify them, sanctify them by the truth, and your word is truth. What does it mean to sanctify? It means to keep pure, that when we enter into a relationship with God, when we, when we confess our faith in Jesus Christ and we put our trust in him and we commit to follow him, that we become, uh, for, we, we, we become forgiven. Our, our sins are forgiven. We're justified and we're, we're sanctified as he makes us clean. But as we continue in the world, as we continue in this, this world in which we live, that there are things that would want to pollute our lives and fill our lives with distraction And Jesus prays for us and he says, would you sanctify them by your truth? I know when you look around, when I look around, when I read the news, when I I hear about what's happening in the world, it's hard to decipher what's true and what's a lie, what's fake, what's real. And, And there's just, it's just a mess right now. It's just an absolute mess. And, and I know this, that for so many, there's just confusion But part of what God calls us to in a relationship with him and being a part of his mission is that he would sanctify us by his word. Why do we press in? Why do we commit ourselves to reading the word of God? It's because it's his truth. It's the truth of God's word that will keep us pure, that will keep us. The the writer of the Psalms in Psalm 119 says, how does a young person, how does a young man, a young woman, or an old man or an old woman keep their way pure? By hiding your word in our heart. God, I want to walk according to your word. 
Jesus prays that prayer for us, sanctify them, keep them according to the word of God. And then he makes this statement, as you sent me into the world, I have now sent them into the world. This ongoing mission of God in the world, it keeps moving forward until Jesus returns, that we are on mission, that we partner with God in his work in the world. We have been sent you have been sent. In fact, just say that right now. I have been sent. Say it again. I have been sent. See, we are the church. We are the church of God. We are the church of Jesus Christ. And as his church, we are called to engage in his mission. Now, this word mission, I've used it at a bunch, used it a bunch today. Mission, missions, missional. And I think sometimes in our, especially in our Western Christianity frame, when we think of the word mission, we think about getting on an airplane and going to the other side of the world. And definitely that is a part of missions. But in so many ways, we've reduced the word mission and missions to an activity that something we do from time to time. Maybe you give to missions and that's your partnership. That's the way you think. Well, I engage in missions through giving. And I thank God for that. And we want to support the work of global missions. But when it comes to the mission of God, we are all on God's mission. We are all part of God's mission, a part of his work in the world. And so it's not just relegated to traveling, going, being deployed to another country, to another people group. But missions is something that we are all called to as the church. I want to read you a couple of quotes. These are two, uh, two quotes from, from scholars that I, I really admire, and they've really leaders when it comes to this idea of being a missional church, a church on mission. In fact, we, we use this term, mission of God, the mission of God. In fact, there's a, 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 a phrase, it's called missio dei. Missio Dei. So the mission of God, Missio Dei, was really, a, it's emerged over the last hundred years and really over the last 60 or so years. That, that the idea is that the church is called to Missio Dei, that we are called to be on this mission of God. And so Tim Dearborn is one of these uh, who has studied this and, and he makes this statement. And we're going to put the words up here on the screen. It says this. God's church, God's church falters from exhaustion because Christians erroneously think that God has given them a mission to perform in the world. Rather, the God of mission has given his church to the world. It is not the church of God that has a mission in the world, but the God of mission who has a church in the world. The church's involvement in mission is its privileged participation in the actions of the triune God. Now, there's a lot going on there, and it might seem like it's just semantics, that the, the, the order of the words have just been changed. But, but I want to suggest that changing the order is so key. See, it's not that missions is an activity that we do. It's not that we have a mission and we're asking God to bless our mission. God's, uh, Christians don't have a mission. It's that God, the God of mission, missio Dei, that God's mission 
has a church that God set out to perform and accomplish a work in the world in the same way that Jesus came into the world and said, God, I've, I've done, Father, I've done the work that you've called me to do, that God has called us to a work, but it's his work. Remember, it's, it's his race, it's his mission. So it's God's mission that has a church. The God of mission has a church that he has deployed, that he has called to be at work. And our involvement is a privilege. It's privileged participation. I want to read this other quote from Christ, uh, Christopher Wright. says this, Mission is not ours. Mission is God's. Mission is not ours. Mission is God's. Certainly the mission of God is the prior reality out of which flows any mission that we get involved in. Or has been nicely put, it is not so much the case that God has a mission for his church in the world, but that God has a church for his mission in the world. And here Wright is quoting Dearborn. Mission was not made for the church. The church was made for mission. God's mission. Mission was not made for the church. The church was made for mission, God's mission. The reason we exist as a church is that we would accomplish the mission that God has started in the world, that we would partner with him. See, it's not just an activity. Missions is not just an activity. It's not just something we do. The mission is who we're to be. It's what we're called to be, that we're called to be a people on mission, a divine partnership. You see, we are the people of God engaging in the mission of God. That is who we are. That's what it means to go. Because you might be thinking, well, knowing God, growing as a disciple and serving like Jesus, yeah, I can do those things. But when it comes to going, some of you might stop at that point and go, no, 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 no. I'm not called to go. I like it right where I'm at. I don't, I don't want to go to the other side of the world. I don't want to move to another country or to another people group or another region. But that's not what going is. Certainly a part of it. For some, they are called, and some of you might be called to do exactly that. But going is more than that. Going is engaging in the mission of God wherever you are. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this, and Jesus came to them and said, all authority on, in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. I'm with you. I'm gonna go with you. I'll be with you as you accomplish the the mission that I've called you to. And we call this the great co-mission. It's the great commission. Co-mission meaning that we are doing this with God. Maybe you've heard that before. The great commission means this. We are being commissioned with God to do the work that he's called us. And what is that work? It's to go. There's that, that's where we get that from. Why do, why do we have the word go? Because Jesus said that we're called to go. To do what? To make disciples to see people come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, to confess, put their faith and their trust in him. 
Where, where do we need to do this work? Of all nations, including this one and the next one and every nation and every people group and every tribe and tongue around the world that we would go. And what does it look like next that Jesus says that we would baptize them, that there would be an outward display and evidence in their lives of a transformed life of that decision to follow and then what needs to happen? Jesus says that they need to be taught and that people need to grow in their maturity. That's why you talk about growing uh, and, and growing as a disciple because we're, we're called to grow in our maturity and then we're called to partner what I love here is that Jesus says, I'm with you. As you do this mission, my mission, as you engage in the mission that I've called you to, I will be with you to guide you, to teach you, to direct you. And of course, Jesus gives his Holy Spirit to empower us in that work. So here's my question for you today as we close. What about you? What about you? Where do you see yourself in this. Maybe I've said some things today that are radical or new or different for you. Or maybe these are all familiar things, but my prayer would be this, that it would challenge your heart in a new way. As you read over these next few weeks and months, I want to encourage you to prayerfully and carefully ask God to show you what this means for you. What does going mean for you? Ask this question, God, where are you working in my context, in my life, in my family, in my neighborhood, my school, or in my workplace? Where are you already at work? Sometimes I think we, 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 we look at ministry as being something as what we, we have to come up with the ideas, and God says, oh, I'm already moving. I'm already stirring in people's hearts. Would you just open your eyes and, and, and be sensitive to where I'm already moving and join me in that work? So as you read, as you pray, ask, God, where are you working and how can I join you? How can I partner in the work that, I'm, that he's already doing? This is the mission of God and that every one of us who have confessed faith in Jesus Christ are called to that mission doesn't matter if you've known Jesus for 24, 24 hours or 24 years, that we are all called to partner with him in this mission that he has in the world. Let's close in prayer today. Father God, I thank you that we are people on mission and that you have saved us and you have redeemed us and you have called us by name and you have commissioned us to go. You have sent us to the world Lord, to, the, to our neighbors, to our community, to our families, to, Lord, to the very uttermost parts of the world that you have called us to be on mission with you. And I pray that we as a church, as a body, Lord, would know what that means, that we would see where it is that you're calling us to partner with you, this divine partnership. And God, as we do, would you be glorified? Through every life, through everyone who's listening today, would you be glorified? We want to make your name known. We want to bring glory to your name. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to invite you, if you're met, listening to this message today, maybe you've never made a decision to put your faith in Jesus Christ. 
Here, here's simply what that means. It means confessing, saying out loud, Jesus, I need you. I put my faith and my trust in you. And then asking him to be the Lord of your life, to for, forgive you of your sin and to walk with him. And you can do that right now. I'm, I'm gonna pray a prayer. If that's you today, I want you to just pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to earth for me, for dying on the cross for me, for taking my sin upon yourself. Today, I confess my faith in you and my trust in you. Lord, I ask that you would bring salvation, that you would save me, that you would cleanse me of all of my sin, that you would make me a new creation. Jesus, I commit to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of your mission. Thank you for loving and saving my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, please let us know. You can send us an email at prayer at thriveglendor.org or there's a button that you can uh, click in the chat section right now. If you're on Facebook, if you're watching on Facebook, just let us know in the comment section that you said yes. Just say, I said yes, with a big old exclamation mark, and we will follow up with you. We'd love to give you some resources. Well, Thrive Church, you are loved. Uh, it's good again to be with you. Uh, pray that you are blessed where, wherever you are, wherever you're watching from today. Have an amazing week. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday. <music>